Welcome to episode five of Nantvara Brews. My name is Andy and I'm a home brewer and beer lover based here in Cardiff in sunny Wales. And it is, I mean, I say that every week and it's usually raining. It is genuinely sunny this week in the UK. So for once, I haven't lied in the intro. Uh, Nantvara is a Welsh phrase. It means big stream. So Nantvara Brews is the name of my minuscule, tiny little kitchen-based home brewery. And it's also the name of this podcast. The aim of this podcast is to have great conversations inspired by beer with people who are passionate about beer and do all of this ideally over a beer and as I say this I can see my guest actually taking a sip of their beer so that is happening exactly as we speak. It's episode five and it is a World Cup special. My guest today is a guy with a brilliant idea to get a beer from every country playing at the World Cup. He managed it and when he posted about it on Twitter with a pic of him and all 32 beers he got a big reaction. He's done a load of interviews for media outlets all over the world, all building up to this moment, the biggest show out there, the Nantvara Brews podcast. It's Gus Hulley. Gus, how are you? I'm not too bad, man. How are you? I'm really good. Now, this this interview has come together very quickly. Uh, uh, a mate of mine spotted that you were taking off on Twitter with your challenge and said, he's got to come on your podcast. And to be fair to you, it's such a, a real quick and positive reaction. You're like, yes, I'm up for coming on. So thank you very much for doing this at short notice. I mean, first things first, have you been a bit shocked at the at the reaction to, to what you what you did? Um, a little bit. like, Well, because I did it in 2018 and it kind of went viral then, but it wasn't anything to the extent that it has done this time around. Um, so like in 2018, it got like 30,000 likes or something, whereas this time it's over 100,000. So it's like, you, you can consider it three times as big as what it was. But last time around, I didn't do any interviews, whereas this time around, I've just been getting offers from all over the place. So there's been offers. Well, I've done an interview with uh, Aussie Breakfast Radio Show, the Canadian Breakfast Radio Show, like a small town uh, TV channel in Wisconsin. Uh, I spoke to a Ghanaian journalist yesterday as well. So it's just really, really bizarre that people just want to speak to me for building a collection. I totally get it. I, I used to work in radio and... This is so perfect for radio stations. Some producer will get very excited going, oh, look, look, there's this guy and he's got he's got a beer from each of the countries. We've got to get him on, especially when one of those countries is your country. So, yeah, no, I, it's, it's a great idea. This is not what you do. You're not a kind of beer collector for World Cups by trade. This is just something you do on the side. You're a normal guy. And for some reason, when World Cups come around, do you do it for the Euros as well? Or is it just a World Cup thing? Yeah, so we did it for the Euros last year and that, kind of got retweeted and liked a lot. So I think that did like 20,000 likes. And yeah, I try and do it whenever there's a tournament come up. So I think I've done it for like 2016 Euros, World Cup in 2018, Women's World Cup in 2019 and Euros in 2020. I also did it for Eurovision this year, but nobody seemed to care about that, which I can kind <laughs> of understand. But that was a really, that was more challenging than any of the World Cups or Euros that I've had to do so far, I think. Oh yeah, I bet it was. We'll come back to that actually, because... It is such a simple and clever idea, but actually, you must think, as you're building up to it, you already have in your head, there's going to be a couple of tricky ones here. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to find these. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, certainly for this time round, I've never even heard of a drink from Qatar, let alone an alcoholic or slash non-alcoholic beverage. So I hadn't even heard of a brewery, so I was like, I guess there's probably no point in doing it if I can't complete the set and get 32 out of 32. But then I heard about a non-alcoholic brewer called Fizzin that were based in Qatar that started up in late 2020. But I found out about them, what, like February or March this year? And as soon as I found out about that, I was like, okay, there's a possibility. We might be able to get this. Senegal, I didn't think would be that much of an issue, but that turned into uh, a bit of an adventure in trying to find it in the first place. So months and months of prep, you're kind of building up towards the moment. And you know you've got a deadline because you've got to have them, for the photo, you've got to have them all there in your possession a few days before the World Cup. 
Yeah, 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 that's exactly. Well, yeah, because I think I started looking at it in like February or March, eight months, nine months now. But I think when I started to take it seriously, it would have been about June or so. So like five months of serious planning and research and venturing out into all these restaurants and bars down in South London to try and pick up a Ghanaian beer, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm looking forward to all these stories. But um, look, we need to get a little bit of business done first because we try traditionally on the podcast to have a beer I have a beer as I'm speaking and my guest always has a beer. So what what are you drinking, Gus, and why did you choose it? So because you're based in Cardiff, I thought I'd try and get a Welsh beer. So I'm drinking a can of The Norris by Tiny Rebel, which nice. is a chuckle, chuckleberry oak aged super sour. I've had it in my fridge for a few months because I was always put off by it because it's super sour. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go for it. So I thought I'd give that a go. It is super sour. It's <laughs> it's, it's exactly what I expected. It looks pretty colourful on the camera as well. Let's just describe the colour for the listeners. It's like vivid red. It's like a cloudy tizer. Yeah, it does look like you might have a very large glass of cough mixture there. But um, And I, I can actually see your face screwing up as you drink it. So it's obviously got that sourness. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I quite like sour beers anyway. So it's like a nice uh, reaction to it. There's so much to talk about because obviously you know your beer and you love your beer, which I guess is part of the reason why you do this challenge and I, and I want to get into that as well. Can you quickly whip through the 32 beers now of the, that you've collected? You're, you're allowed to look at the screen, don't worry. It's not a test. It's just so that it's just so that people who haven't seen it on Twitter realise the kind of breadth that you've got in the list. So if you could give us the full list, that, that'd be cool. Okay, so for Saudi Arabia, I've got a bottle of Hillsburg Honey, which is a non-alcoholic, more beverage from Saudi. Uh, Cameroon, it's a big bottle of Beaufort Light, which is just a generic light lager. South Korea, small bottle of Cats, another fairly bog-standard lager. Argentina is Kilmes. Portugal is Superbock because Sagres is trash. Ah, oh, lovely. Superbock, my first ever beer that I ever drank. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. What was that holiday beer when you were young? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I told this story on a previous podcast, but yeah, it was I, it was being led astray by an older friend who, you know, we're away on on holiday and he's like, oh, let's have a beer after we play tennis, age 14. There's, I always have to give this caveat... Whenever I ask people about the first beer they ever had, there's always underage drinking. We don't condone it, but it happens. But yeah, so there you go. That's why Superbock is my first ever beer. So I, I like, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I had a link there. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. Canada, I got a bottle of Moosehead Lager. Uh, Switzerland, a bottle of 1936. Mexico, it's a stubby bottle of Modelo. Croatia, a can of Karlovacko. Serbia, a bottle of Lav. Poland, a big bottle of Tiski. Uh, Morocco, a small bottle of Casablanca. Australia, a bottle of Cooper's Red Sparkling Ale. Japan is a bottle of Hitachino Red Rice Ale. Denmark is a litre can of Faxa, which is absolutely huge. Uh, Spain is a bottle of Estrella Galatea. Brazil, 600ml bottle of Antarctica. France, big can of Cronenberg 1664, which has actually been brewed in France, just nice. so you know. Okay, good attention um, to detail that. Well, because the rule is that I've got to do the beers that have actually been brewed in that country. Can't, I can't be having like a UK brewed Cronenberg 1664. It just wouldn't be right. No, that's I respect that deeply. Yeah, good. Netherlands is a bottle of Bavaria. Uruguay, a can of Patricia. Uh, Ecuador, a bottle of Pilsner. Ghana is a big bottle of club, which uh, seems to have uh, delighted all the Ghanaian fans on Twitter. They're very, very happy that <laughs> that has been chosen. Okay, we'll talk uh, about that in a bit. Yeah, Germany, uh, Sp Spartan. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, Spartan, o Oktoberfest beer. Belgium is a bottle of Chimay Blue, which I think is like 8% or 9% or something. Careful with that one. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, Iran is a non-alcoholic bottle of Istak, 
Wales is the Bale Lager by Glamorgan Brewing. Yep. Tunisia is a little bottle of Saltia. Uh, Costa Rica is a bottle of Imperial. Uh, Senegal is Bière La Gazelle. Uh, Qatar is a can of fizzing melon non-alcoholic beverage. Malt beverage, even. USA is a tall boy of Miller High Life. And England is a just 330 mil can of Camden House. Congratulations. That is incredibly impressive. It's great because there are a lot of beers on there that, that I've never heard of. There's probably a load on there that you'd never heard of until you had to go and, and find them. So it's going to be fascinating drinking them. So what's what's the plan for drinking? Is it Are you going to try and watch a game that each of the teams are involved with and, and drink it then? How does it work? No. So the plan is that I will basically drink the beer as not as soon as or like, but after that country has been knocked out as a way to sort of like toast their participation in the competition, uh, as right. it were. Uh, because if I had to do it for every game that they played, I wouldn't be able to afford that. That'd be a lot of beer that I'd have to buy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the cheap way out, basically. Okay, so actually, you don't have to start drinking these for a few weeks because the the whole group phase has got to pr- play out first, and then you're suddenly going to have a da- you might have a day where you suddenly have to drink five or six beers. Yes, uh, I'm not particularly looking forward to the end of the group stages. So I'm hoping that some teams will lose two games after their first two and be like knocked out straight away. But I don't know how possible that's going to be. I guess maybe you could target that day where you know that there's going to be a lot of. Um people being knocked out and then get some mates around that could maybe help you out because you've just got to have a taste of each right you don't have to drink the whole thing yourself do you i mean i don't have to drink the whole thing myself uh my wife is already looking forward to that part of uh, the tournament when she can have a lot of beers herself that she hasn't necessarily paid for so i'm like yeah okay fine but yeah so there will be a little bit of sharing don't worry about that have you done the maths on how much it costs you all to do this yes i, th- I think roughly it probably costs about 150 pound like which includes going out to buy the beers in the first place okay so a couple of ones i want to revisit you mentioned the qatar one right at the top i guess that's the one that everyone goes that's got to be the hardest was that the hardest to source it was hardest to source because i have no idea where i was going to get it from or how i was going to get it but in the end it was fairly simple so i think it was like august i put out a tweet saying can anybody help me i'm trying to find this can of non-alcoholic qatari beer or malt beverage and like complete radio silence for a month or so. But then I put out another tweet, which was, I don't know if you know the Bernie Sanders meme, where he's like, I am once again asking, blah, 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 oh, yeah. blah, yeah, 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 yeah. So I did something like that, being like, once again, asking for a can of Qatari beer. And then <laughs> one of my friends, Dan, he spotted it, mentioned to me that he has a friend living in Doha. And he was like, oh, yeah, I can get you one. I'm coming over to England in a couple of weeks. I'll bring it over then. He flew over, gave it to my friend Dan met up with my friend Dan, bought him a beer for it, and everything seemed to like work out pretty well. It's one of those things where people are just glad to help, aren't they? I mean, there are some things where you like, you know, will you help me move house, where suddenly people kind of go, oh, I seem to be busy that weekend. But, you know, can anyone help me source a beer to collect to complete my 32 beer World Cup collection? Everyone's suddenly like, oh, yeah, I can sort that. I've got a mate. And, and that's actually really nice when all these kind of systems, especially social media that we can sometimes get, get quite frustrated with suddenly come into a really positive way and and actually the links can connect really quickly can't they Mm. yeah it it never fails to amaze me that strangers can be just so generous for absolutely no reason whatsoever so it just yeah it absolutely blew my mind that somebody that i've never met just wanted to help me out for just for no reason whatsoever you've got two things that people tend to bond over beer and football working together so you've kind of got a double whammy to to get you started there and i, I realized mm-hmm. i've been i've been remiss because i've not told you what i'm drinking um now oh, yeah can, i'd love to claim that this is meant to be a cloudy beer it's it's not <laughs> it just needs to is it just cold 
it, well, I, I'd love to hide behind that as well. No, it's just a bit murky. It's it's one of my own. So um, I do home brewing, and mm-hmm. uh, regular listeners listeners to the show, all three of them, will tell you that <laughs> I've been trying to brew a beer, which it's got a World Cup theme. So mm-hmm. next week, uh, I'm meeting up with a lot of old friends, and we're going to try and watch four games in a day. This is one of the things about this World Cup is you've got this four games in a day thing. But we're going to try and do four, and it's old university friends we're meeting up in Birmingham um we're at University of Manchester but we're 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 meeting up in Birmingham where one of our or a couple of our guys live there and I mm. said right I, I will try and brew a beer for the World Cup for us all to drink and this is it as usual things happen life gets in the way I haven't quite brewed it as early as I wanted so it hasn't quite settled down yet but it is drinkable right. so we have achieved that so there you go so yeah. this is um it's based on a California common recipe I don't know if you've had anchor steam beer yeah the steam lager yeah I've had that yeah. before I like to brew, you know, more kind of ale stuff, um, some craft beer stuff as well, but I guess more traditional ale stuff. And my mates just drink, you know, cooking lager, as another friend of mine would call it, but, you know, <laughs> kind of commercial lager. And so I'm trying to get a little bit of a middle ground where they'll be able to drink it, but it's still got a little bit of an aliness to it. So this is my mm. halfway house. So that's what I'm drinking. So there you go. We've we've managed to sort that out. Qatar was maybe not, not necessarily the hardest one. So which one was the hardest one then? Uh, so I mentioned Senegal earlier. That was without a doubt the hardest one. In 2018, uh, I ended up going over to Paris, picked up a bottle of La Gazelle and uh, came back. And that was fairly simple. This time around, I knew a few people that were living in Paris. So I was like, oh, yeah, can you go to the shops or the restaurants that might stock it just to see if they've got it? If they do, you can send it me or I'll come over to Paris, wherever. They went to all these shops and they said that they haven't seen any La Gazelle in Paris for about six months. They didn't have any shipments arriving or anything like that. So it was kind of like, oh, um, all right, that's my source completely shut down now. So I don't really know what I'm going to do. So it kind of got to the point where I, sh- I assume you know all about Untapped, right? Yes. Okay. It kind of got to the point where I was monitoring the Bière La Gazelle page to see if anybody had been checking it in. But I think it started in July and like ended in September. So I've been monitoring for about two months, just like seeing if anybody would check it in. Try because you know you can't message somebody without adding them as a friend. Yeah. So I was like adding people and see if they'd like accept it and then try and message them. But it never really happened. So just to just to explain for people who might not know what Untapped is, it's almost like a beer social media platform where people will check in saying, I'm drinking this here. They'll they'll kind of name check the place, name check the beer, give it a bit of a review. I can see why that would be a place to start. That's almost like the perfect place to be a detective for your task, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. But it kind of got to the point where no nobody was really getting back to me. But I think in like mid-September, I saw this guy check it in. I tried to add him as a friend, but he didn't respond. But I saw that his username was Russian Rat. So I, I did a quick Google of Russian Rat and turned out he's got an Instagram page with the same name. Uh, and I clicked on one of his stories and he was drinking La Gazelle in the desert. So I was like, uh, is it bad if I send him a message? Just like no. out of the blue. So yeah, ended up sending him a message. And then he got back to me like 10 minutes later being like, oh yeah, I'll bring you a, a couple of beers back. I'm on holiday in uh, Senegal at the moment. I live in Italy, but as soon as I get back, I'll send you some beers over. And so and I was he like, did oh. it. Uh, well, he did it eventually, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it took it took him about two weeks to get back to Italy, and then it took him about two weeks to get it sent over. I I told him to send it to my friend in Germany, where I was getting the Tunisia and Costa Rica from, because sending from Italy to Germany, there's no customs fees. You can just pack it up in a box and send it. Where if you're sending it from Italy to UK, there's customs. So I was like, I was trying to make it easier for him. He sent it over to my German friend. My German friend picked it up. He was excited. 
he packed it all together and sent it over to me and then I got it about a month ago and then that that's when I was like oh wow this is this is really going to happen we're going to get 32 out of 32 now I, I mean it's really great to hear the stories behind it because I think it's easy to look at that photo on Twitter and think oh well he's just gone down I don't know some beer superstore and bought most of them but there it sounds like there is a story behind each of these so um, let's talk a bit more about the Ghana one because you said that that's one that's that's getting you some kind of praise. Yeah, so I'm I don't know. I think somebody Ghanaian might have spotted it or retweeted it, but it seemed to spread all over Ghanaian Twitter. So like the majority of comments for about a three hour stint were all like Ghanaian or like Ghanaian flags or like oh my god, I can't believe you chose a club. As in like as a, as a positive thing, not as a negative yeah. thing. But then you get like the odd comment being just like, "Oh, I can't believe you chosen club when you could have chosen star." Like everybody's well, always, always that, isn't there? everybody's always got an opinion on what beer you choose. Like even if like it's generally well like well popular, it, like it's similar to back in twenty eighteen. It seemed to do really well in Nigeria that I had a a massive bottle of Gouda, and they all they all seem to be really happy. I think for each country, there are beers where you'd think, oh, that's an obvious choice. Like, I don't know, maybe for England, if it was like a can of Carling or something. There's other things where you can see that you've maybe put in a bit of effort or, and I, I think this is probably to do with your methods, which is your methods are through contacting people who are locals or have a link to that that area and they're more likely to be drinking something that is more more authentic or or a bigger hit locally like i mean even i can tell from the fact that i mean i've lived in wales for years obviously i don't sound welsh but um you know i know a lot about the welsh brewing scene here and the fact that you chose you know you knew about tiny rebel that's a nice touch and then you've also bought um you know glamorgan brewing company with the with the uh, the bale ale you know, you've obviously done a bit of thinking about it. And I think that goes a long way where it's not just a case of like on a website looking for the right country and just clicking the first one you see. So I think that thought goes a long way. And, and people get very attached to the beers that mean something to them locally, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, because I, I remember I did it for the Euros last year and I think I chose, I think it was a can of Zivijac from uh, Poland. And then everybody was like, oh, my God, this is a trash beer. Why have you chosen this beer? And I was like, all right, settle down. And the same thing happened with uh, choosing a bottle of Grosch. I was like, I thought Grosch is fairly well respected for a, a mass lager. But then everybody in the Netherlands was like, oh, my God, don't don't even do this again. Settle down. Have you had but any yeah, of that like, with any of them so far for this, this batch? Oh, the Americans absolutely hate that I've gone for a massive can of Miller High Life. So it went on Reddit and like the majority of the comments are just like, oh, my God. Why? Why? Why Miller Highlight? Well, you can answer that question. Why? Why Miller Highlight? Well, so that one, I, I had a friend who went to New York in August and I just asked him to bring me a tall boy because I thought it would be funny because they're like huge cans. And then he just ended up picking the Miller Highlight, which I was fine with because I've never had it before. So I'm looking forward to tasting it. I saw it on the can. It said the champagne of beers. So I'm like, all right, OK, it's got a slogan for a reason. I'm sure it's probably nice. It turns out it's quite hated in America and pretty much everywhere else. <laughs> I've spoken to quite a lot of Americans on on this podcast, and it's clear that the, the craft beer scene over there is it could not be in a healthier state. It's absolutely flying. You know, Mike, a new microbrewery pops up every week, and and they're really getting into it. And so I guess maybe that's why you know because it's such a big commercial beer. But I like I respect your choice, and I like you have a an interest in. This sounds very beer nerdy, but just the serving device. Like if there's a really big can, then that's interesting, isn't it? Because when else would you have a really big can? So I get it. 
Yeah, I mean, like people like a little bit of a novelty every once in a while, which is like why I've gone for the liter can size of Baxter. So I'm like, yeah, okay, let's give that a go. But um, like, it, it's weird because I like both like mainstream lager, as it were, and the craft beer scene. So which is this is why I'm happy to drink a load of lagers and like like I'm drinking this sour from Tiny Rebel as well. It's sort of like I've tried to balance it a little bit, but I mean, because I'm doing beers from countries that I've never really been to before. There's very limited options. So it is just mostly lagers on this occasion. Now tell me, how are you enjoying being a beer celebrity at the moment? It's weird. It's weird. I'm not really sure what to think of it because I'm getting like requests to to do interviews left, right and centre. And like, I think, well, I got an inter well, I got a request off uh, this morning a few days ago. And I okay. was like, no. And I was like, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I'm You've not doing do live it. TV. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I took a little while to respond because I said like, oh, yeah, let's give it a go. And then I just got ghosted. So uh, basically, I think that's their loss, you know? Uh, definitely. I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, one one thing you could do is when those big brands come calling is go up. You know, it's just worth always sticking in that line about, oh, what's the fee? Yeah. You know, just stick it. Just, <laughs> hey, just stick I'm it not in it for the money. <laughs> do you make your own beer that was a question i had for you are you a home brewer? no 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 well i mean i live in a small flat in london so i don't really have the opportunity to do that but i know a couple of guys well i know a guy in south london that brews his own stuff and another guy in manchester who brews his own stuff as well and the guy in manchester brewed probably one of the nicest dortmunders i've ever had so wow. i i'm fully on board with like home brewing well that would be the temptation to for me to put in that line about you know what's the fee because i'll just be thinking oh think how many batches of grain i could get for for that or i could upgrade my kit and you know as the home brewers listening will know the journey of upgrading your kit is never over there is always something else you can get so no okay well maybe that that's something that might come to you i mean you obviously you obviously have a massive interest in beer what's your story there how did that come about well i mean i guess the basic background of it is that my dad has been a member of canberra since 1975 like he's one of the not a founder member but a very early member so I think he used to go around Warwickshire, which is where I grew up, just like selling good beer guides and all that sort of stuff. So I guess I kind of like picked it up from him. Like I'm pretty sure he gave me his first beer when I was very, very young, <laughs> which I I think it would have been a Boddington's of some sort or maybe a Guinness because I thought it looked like a glass of Coke or something, that sort of thing. You go to uni, you just drink crap lager all the time. Yeah. But I think I think I. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure where the huge interest in it came from because I was always like, all right, if it's two pound a pint at uni, that's fine. That'll do. Yeah. I, I guess going on holiday to loads of countries over Europe and just like seeing what different beers they had there really sort of excited me. Like the first time I had a dark lager was completely shocking because I'd never seen anything like that before. So it it would look like a, like a Guinness and then you drink it and you're like, oh, it's just a slightly malty beer. Mm. um so that was that sort of like shocked me a little bit you must have now due to these challenges you've done you know four or five of them now you'll have tried a whole variety of beers that most people most people haven't so are there any favorites that have or any interesting ones that have emerged over the challenges that that you've thought oh actually i would have that again or or it's introduced you to a new beer style or or just an interesting taste when iceland were in the euros i think at the what's the brewery in iceland i can't remember they did like a wit beer that was really quite nice an icelandic pale ale or something like i tried that and i thought oh perhaps i like whippers but then i tried some others from the uk and i was like oh no this is not good no i don't know but um, i can't get on with them either but uh, no the, the majority of beers from this challenge have been lagers although i think for the eurovision one i ended up getting uh like a k's uh, sorry k's brewery the caramel fudged out and i was like all right 
okay. My wife is really big into her stouts, so okay. especially the pastry stouts. So she's to blame for, for that. <laughs> um, you mentioned but, earlier that Eurovision was really tricky. So what, what, what was the hardest one with Eurovision? Well, I wasn't going to do it up until about two weeks before the competition when my friend dared me to do it. So I was <laughs> like... Dangerous. Yeah, so I was like, oh, uh, okay, this is like... 36, 38 countries. Uh, but thankfully, I already had a bottle of Armenian beer waiting to be drank. Nice. Same for a bottle of San Marino and Gibraltar. I know Gibraltar weren't in it, but like that that was in the stocks. But then I knew a guy in America who had a bottle from uh, Moldova. So I was like, any chance you can get that shipped over like ASAP? Because like we've got a deadline here. And he was just like, yeah, fine, I'll send it over. You just send me something in return at some point. So that worked out all right. But like, I was struggling to get a Slovenian beer, like certainly within the space of two weeks, because there's a, a Balkan shop down in Hampstead, which would sort me out with like Croatia, Serbia, North, Ma- North Macedonia. But Slovenia, they just didn't have in stock at that time. So I was like, ah, crap. But the same guy who sorted me out with Costa Rica and Tunisia for the World Cup, he also had a Slovenian beer in his stocks as well. So it was kind of like, can you help me out with this as well, please? If I'd had more time to plan it, it wouldn't have been a struggle. But because it all had to be sort of like rushed through in about two weeks, that that was where the real struggle happened. I think this is um, a kind of thing that you can talk about in job interviews in the future. Like, you know, tell me about your project management skills. Ah, well, I, I have been able to locate a beer at very yeah. short notice from any part of the world. Yeah, it's not work related, but that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I would like to hear if I was if I was hiring. That's cool. So, right, this is a roundabout way of asking you who's going to win the World Cup. Which beer do you think you're going to be drinking last? I, I think it's going to be the Antarctica original from Brazil. I I can't really see past them. I think it's going to be them or Argentina, like one of the South American nations. But I still think that some of the African nations might surprise a few teams. It's a shame that Sadio Mane is injured because I think Senegal could have done quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, I think it's going to be Brazil lifting the cup at the end of the tournament. And who's your team uh, club football-wise? Uh, so I'm a Cheltenham Town fan. Brilliant. Uh, because I grew up in the Midlands and Cheltenham was, what, like a 40-minute drive away from us? Uh, so I think my dad took us there when I was like just turning to be a team. And uh, I think that was their first season in the uh, League Two for I th- maybe ever, I'm not really sure, but he took me to a few games and I was like, oh, this is actually quite good. But speaking of Cheltenham, they've got a great brewery over there, Daya. Nice, yep. Uh, which which I'd r- really like to go to and combine it with the trips to the football stadium at the same time. Yeah, oh, that sounds like a perfect day. Uh, now, do Cheltenham have a link to the World Cup somehow? And I'll tell you why I'm asking this question, because I'm a Brentford fan. Now, I can identify with being a lower league football fan because that's what Brentford used to be. And I had, I was okay with that. In fact, I liked that. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly we're on this bizarre Premier League journey but back in the day, I remember we had a player called Brian Statham and he was Zimbabwe's right back. And so we very faithfully watched yeah, we watched Zimbabwe's results on CFAX, hoping they would qualify. Of course, they got nowhere near. But he was of our course, yeah. kind of like international football when there were, obviously we weren't going to have an England player or a, even any of the home nations. So is there a link with Cheltenham? Have you got anyone in a random squad or anything? I mean, I can't think of anybody. I haven't really paid too much attention. I know that we used to have Jack Butland on loan, but I don't think he ever went to a World Cup. I think he might have gone to a Euros and not played. That'll but... do. He's He's been in yeah. an international squad. That'll do. That's perfect. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Congratulations for completing the challenge. I think that's fantastic. I'm going to be watching you on Twitter to see the updates. Is there anything you want to draw people's attention to 
uh, in terms of what you're doing? Anything you want to talk about? Um, not necessarily. I'm just like thrilled to be invited onto this podcast. Really, I'm thrilled to do any kind of. Well, I'm just thr- I'm just thrilled that people actually want to speak to me. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice, isn't it? Well, to be yeah. to be in demand. You've got a great Twitter handle. What is it? Uh, balls to this. Balls to. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was set up maybe like 10, 12 years ago when my friend really wanted me to set up a Twitter. And I was like, no, I can't be asked. Just put balls to this. I was like, fine, balls to this it is. Oh, you've done it. You've got All up right, for life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because like the radio interview that I did with the Aussie Sports like morning show, they kept on saying balls to this. And I was like, oh, oh wow. When you were saying it out on like radio, it actually sounds like quite Like bad, it was your but, Quite funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe you are single-handedly keeping Twitter from folding at the moment because, you know, you're just a little a little bloom of positivity in an otherwise negative world as Elon Musk attempts to dismantle it. Mind you, all my friends are basically saying I'm the one that started at the beginning of the end of Twitter and they're saying that the Qatari royal family have seen my tweet and that's why they've banned beer in Qatar. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I didn't mean for this to happen. I You're think responsible so. for the quick, the forty eight hours to go about turn on the alcohol because yeah. clearly you know it's, it must be your fault. In a previous episode, we had a brewer in Tennessee, pretty convinced that uh, the pandemic was caused by him brewing a barley wine um, because literally the moment they took it out of the fermenting vessel, started to kind of bottle it and put it in kegs the radio came on and like announced the lockdown so they're claiming that so <laughs> you know i think just join the queue mate basically oh for sure for sure oh we, we know you're thinking you're going to be drinking the brazilian beer last do you think the qatari one's going to be the first one that you drink what do you think i i don't know like because i don't really know how good the qataris are i'd quite like to drink the qatari one first it would be it would be fitting because nobody really wants this World Cup in Qatar. I would look forward to having you on the podcast at the next opportunity, the next tournament you can find to do another one of these challenges. So I'll be watching you on Twitter. But yeah, Gus, thanks for coming on the podcast. All the best, mate. Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me. Love that interview with Gus. What a nice guy. What a great idea. And what a great way to enjoy the World Cup and enjoy beer at the same time. I must give a massive thanks to my friend Tom Baker, who spotted that Gus was doing this challenge on Twitter and said to me, you've got to get him on the podcast. And I reached out to Gus and he he got back in touch straight away, which is how the interview came about. So thank you very much, Tom. This is the bit at the end, which uh, my brother-in-law Ben requested, now is a big fan of. I will mention again that in the episode notes to this episode, you will find a link to a beer questionnaire that you can do if you're listening to the Nat Valbrews podcast and you would like to be on a future episode Uh, Using this technology called Rumble Studio, I've placed my questions for one side of an interview about beer, the beer questionnaire, things like your first beer, your last beer, uh, worst, best, all that kind of stuff. Simple stuff about, about your beer history. If you would like to do that, you can just click on the link and you just record your answers. You can do it on your phone, on your laptop, just using your headphones or the microphone, whatever you want to do. But I will then get that audio and I will turn it into a future episode. So please check that out in the episode notes. And other than that, that is the end of the episode. We are five episodes in. I am absolutely loving making this podcast. And thank you to everyone who is listening and getting in touch that they are enjoying it. We've had our first five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So that is a milestone. Please feel free to go and add your own five-star review. You know, it just it helps everyone find out about this funny little podcast that I do about beer. 
But other than that, between now and the next time we speak, which will be episode six, have a fantastic time, drink lots of nice beer, enjoy the World Cup, and we'll be back again soon. That's it. Goodbye.